Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. As many of you know, uh, we're in a theme, which is here at St. Basil's. If you're visiting, you might not know, but we have this theme for the first two months of the year called You Can't Love What You Don't Know. And we have all sorts of different aspects to help us grow in knowledge of our faith so that we can love our faith. And as we love our faith with greater joy and ease, do we want to share it with others? But it starts with knowing, right? Think about spouses. You can't love your spouse until you know your spouse. Meeting them and knowing them is the prerequisite to whether you're going to ask them out on a second date or not. All right? So knowledge precedes love. We know that pretty well. And we've covered many different aspects so far. Every Sunday unpacking different uh, meanings of the scripture to help us go deeper to experience the transformation and love that's waiting for us both in the word and in the sacrament. But today is Word of God Sunday, as I said. Pope Francis asks us to reflect on the Word of God. And it's a rather beautiful time to do that because our readings are so rich in Scripture. So in the first reading, we have Ezra reading from the Hebrew Scriptures from the dawn of the day until noon. And people were just weeping. They were so happy to hear the Scriptures. Huh? And I get emails if I go longer than 10 minutes, right? So uh, they went all morning long and just soaking it in, right? And then even Jesus himself, to help us understand who he is, he opens the scrolls, the Hebrew scriptures, and reads from them to help the people identify who he is in terms of the scriptures. And so here we are gathered every Sunday And we hear scriptures, and many people don't know this, but one of the things that's pretty amazing, right, is that we are in a cycle of readings. So if you came to Mass every day and every Sunday over the course of two or three years, you would hear almost the entirety of the Bible. It was compiled in a book called the Lectionary, from the Latin word lexio, which means to read. And that's done from the lectern by the lector. See how in Latin it all makes sense, okay? It's not the pulpit or the ambo then, it's the lectern. That's where things are read from, the lector being the one who reads from the lectionary. Great. And the first reading from the Old Testament, the psalm and the gospel all go together. They are picked in a complementary way. So what's done in the Old Testament, the church then uses the psalm to put the psalm on our lips to respond, and then we usually see in the gospel reading the complement or fulfillment of the Old Testament. So let's check out today. What's happening today? Ezra all right, is reading from the scriptures, right? and as he's reading from them, there's some, they're coming to understand God and their own identity as Israel again, because this is the portion of Israel that's been cast out from the original land. And so they no longer knew Hebrew. They only began to speak Aramaic in a foreign land. And so they didn't understand the scriptures that were in Hebrew. So here's Ezra translating them and explaining them so people could understand what's going on. And the people are moved to tears because they're coming to understand 
who God is, who they are, and his plan for them. Life became meaningful. It wasn't random or just, oh, whatever you want it to mean. No, God said, I made you a specific way for a specific purpose. Here is my Torah, my law, or my ways that you can find happiness and fulfillment. Then what do we do? Hearing that reading and realizing that God speaks through his scriptures, the church has us say, your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Or what we're saying today is, you have the words of everlasting life. See, we're the new people that have just heard the scriptures and are responding with joy to say, yes, give us your word. Speak to our hearts. Let us know who you are again. Let us know who we are in your eyes and your plan for fulfillment. And then there's Jesus. What does he do? He reads from the scriptures, right? Complimenting and imitating Ezra reading. And when he's done reading, he says, it's been fulfilled in your hearing. Once again, to the crowd saying, do you see who I am? Do you see who you are? And do you see the plan for fulfillment? Every week, the Old Testament The psalm and the gospel, they complement and go together. That's why it's so important that we read the scriptures before we get here. A couple weeks ago I gave the analogy, it's like going to a concert and never hearing the band before. We may get to the point of saying, I like it, I don't like it, but we have no idea what the songs mean because we haven't listened to the lyrics and absorbed them. We just kind of like the beat. Similarly, if we don't read the scriptures before Mass, we go, I don't know what that meant. Or, oh, I really like that. Well, we really haven't taken the time to absorb it. So it's really helpful for you, for the time at prayer throughout the week, read the upcoming Sunday scriptures. It takes a few minutes every day. And when you're here, you're going to be able to enter in more. So we know a little bit now about why it's Word of God Sunday, but I just want to read a quote to you from the church. Because we hear the word Bible, we hear the word scriptures, we hear the word sacred books, and we think, oh yeah, no, that's really important, I get it, all right, good. And yeah, great, it's really important. But the beauty that the church speaks about the Bible is unbelievable. It's not just like a holy book. This is from the official church teaching at the Second Vatican Council in a document called Dei Verbum, which means word of God. So in 1965, this was declared, This is the dogmatic teaching. This is the uh, big-time teaching of the church, all right? Here it is. It says, In the sacred books, the Father who is in heaven meets his children with great love and speaks with them. It's very simple. The Father in heaven meets you and me and with great love speaks to them. It's so simple and so moving that you're not an orphan. You don't have to make up your identity. You don't have to prove yourself. You got a dad who loves you so much. And in the prayerful, slow, repetitious reading of the Bible, he meets you and he meets me. And with great love, he speaks to you. So with my time remaining, I have my own personal Bible here. And I marked, and it's all marked up. You can see highlights and underlines. And many of you know I just came off a seven-day silent retreat. So this homily should go about 45 minutes. And and I just want to read two different passages 
that spoke to me at two different times. I just want to let you know what was going on in my life and when I was praying with them, what that prayer experience was like to show you that we're made of the same stuff, but to show when did the Father meet me and speak to me with great love. So this is Exodus 14. Moses says, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be still. I was in the seminary for seven years when I came across this passage in prayer one day. And as I sat with it, I remember the first movement was simply in my heart. I was like, huh, like I, I just have to be still? And I'm kind of a little sassy with God when I pray. So I was like, so I don't have to do anything? I can just sit here in a pew all day? You're going to take care of everything? Right? And, uh, but the Father who loves us meets us and speaks to us. And I remember as I sat with that, there's like a, you know, maybe half an hour, hour long of prayer. I'm wrestling with it. Lord, what are you trying to say? That you're just going to fight for me? And I just got in the sense as I sat with that word that the Lord was showing me that there was places in my heart I didn't believe he was real. Oh, sure, he exists up there somewhere, but that he would take care of problems in my family? That I didn't have to be the one to have the answers? That he would fight? He would intervene? He would do something? That he's so real that he exists outside of my mind and will? That he can do things for me? I was flooded with such freedom and peace, trust and confidence that the Lord's real and he can do things for me beyond what I could ever come up with or will. He's that alive. And I didn't have to be the one to solve problems, handle problems, or carry the world on my shoulders. One more. This passage is from the Gospel of John. This was the first, this was at my very first Mass, this was the Gospel passage. All right, so you go on a five-day retreat before you get ordained, and you know, you know you're going to be preaching as a priest for the first time. So you're reading the readings, and your prayer life is pretty much, you better give me something really good to say. It's my first Mass. You know? So you're like, it's all, you're just, oh, this better happen. And uh, it's John 14 where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But in there, there's a bunch of questions asked. Thomas asks, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How could we know the way? And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Then later on, Philip goes, Lord, show us the Father. And we'll be saved. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long and you do not know me? Do you not believe that I am in the Father? So there's all these questions asked. And I remember reading it and just sitting with like this beautiful question like Jesus saying, do you not know me? And it moved from words to really feeling a person. Jesus who loves each of you and me has such a desire for intimacy and he says, do you not know me? And I got in touch with how much desire is behind questions. And I remember just thinking about all kinds of questions we ask in our lives. Right? This is my prayer time. I was just thinking about, man, will you marry me? Where do you want to go for dinner? Where were you last night? All these questions have so much desire behind them. Every question expresses a longing. And then I sat with it saying, man, there's Thomas saying, 
Lord, how would we know where you're, we don't even know where you're going. How would we know the way? And then Jesus is saying, do you not know me? And just the, the tender beauty of a God who takes on a human heart and is vulnerable enough to say, I, I want you to know me. In the scriptures, our Father in heaven meets his children and speaks with great love to them. It's Word of God Sunday, and boy, if you can't love what you don't know, I'd love for you to get to know the Bible more. And so I have a challenge for you this week. If you don't, have a, if you don't own a Bible, buy one. Right? Uh, if it's dusty, no shame in a dusty Bible, just shame in keeping it dusty. All right, so dust it off. Right. And I'm going to challenge you this week to read the Gospel of Luke. Depending on your Bible and font size, it's about 13 pages. Right. That's two pages a day. All right. And if you're like me, like, I think I could knock that out in an hour. That'd be good. I'd be done with that. All right. That's fine. Knock it out in an hour. <laughs> I want you to read the Gospel of Luke because the cycle we're in in the Scriptures is the Gospel of Luke. Cycle C in that lectionary. And to read the whole Gospel of Luke, guess what? You're going to know that story better. You're going to know the characters. You're going to know the meaning. You're going to know what happened before and after. And as we read from the Gospel of Luke the next seven weeks or so, you're going to be able to say, I remembered that part. I remember thinking that part was weird when I read it, and it's still weird to me. Or I remember thinking, oh, that part was beautiful, and it's still meaningful. So this week, as a family, as spouses, as individuals, however you want to do it, read the Gospel of Luke. Get familiar with the story. And by next week, you'll be able to say, hey, 2022, I read a whole gospel and I'm ready to participate Mass in an even deeper way. All of this, once again, because the Father who loves us meets us in the scriptures. Amen.